This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, November 17th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Rick Gomez selected to Mountain Village Town Council. State revokes Diamond Ridge grant funding. Eyes to ears with Bella Eatman and a mountain weather forecast. Oscar Rick Gomez will be joining Mountain Village Town Council to fill the seat left vacant when Patrick Barry stepped down last month. For the charter, the council has 45 days from his resignation to fill that vacancy. That's Mountain Village Town Manager Paul Weiser speaking at a town council meeting on Thursday. We put out a call for nominations, letter, in particular letters of interest uh, from the community and those who are qualified to serve on council. Uh, We have three uh, such candidates today. Gomez, along with Heather Knox and Joanne Young, submitted their names for consideration. Each applicant was given five minutes to present before council as to why they should be selected for the seat. In his speech, Gomez highlighted the fact he was a runner-up to join town council in the election earlier this year and points to a number of endorsements from members of the community, including Patrick Barry, whose vacancy he would fill. Gomez says he wants to represent all of Mountain Village. I am running for council to represent Mountain Village as a whole, transcending single neighborhoods, genders, or races. I believe in making decisions that benefit everyone. Still, he notes he has unique perspectives that allow him to engage with specific groups. I am part of second homeowner community. My wife and I are also second homeowners. I am part of the Latinx community. As a Latino, I can contribute as a bilingual council member. Residents and homeowners in the Meadows, having lived in the North Star Complex in the Meadows, I understand the challenges faced in that community. From parking challenges, to the need for a park, to the feeling of not truly being listened to. Gomez adds he has experience working at businesses and hotels in Mountain Village. Finally, and this may seem an unusual thing to say, but I can relate to the housing unstable members of our community. Since I first moved to Mountain Village 13 years ago, I have experienced losing my lease. I have experienced the frustration of earning too much for many affordable programs but not enough to afford a market rate residence. I've had to spend several years commuting from Montrose and Ridgeway. I've hit a deer on that commute. Madeline and I were so blessed when we were finally able to purchase in Mountain Village almost five years ago, but we both understand deeply the situations of those who are not so fortunate. Ultimately, Gomez says he wants to be an active participant in council. I'm not here to merely occupy a seat or to represent a particular group. I am here to actively contribute to the well-being of our community. Together, united, we can build upon the successes of the past and embrace the opportunities that await us in the future. After a vote by the sitting town council members, Gomez received four out of six. And council member Scott Pearson made a motion to appoint him to join town council. I'll make a motion that the council appoint Waskar Rick Gomez to fill the seat of Patrick Barry. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. 
motion passes. Congratulations, Rick. Rick Gomez will be sworn in as the newest member of Mountain Village Town Council at a special meeting on Thursday, November 30th. The state of Colorado is revoking its grant funding to the town of Telluride and San Miguel County for the Diamond Ridge housing project. That was disappointing, uh, as you might imagine, particularly at that amount of, of uh, funding. That's Telluride Town Manager Scott Robson. But in the same vein, they were very clear that they hope, um, given a little bit more time here, uh, San Miguel County and the town of Telluride will come back to them and uh, make it additional and future grant requests uh, again. Diamond Ridge is a 105-acre parcel of land on Last Dollar Road, just behind the airport. In 2022, Telluride and San Miguel County purchased the land with the aim of building up to 240 affordable housing units on 27 acres of that land. Colorado's Department of Local Affairs, or DOLA, granted Telluride and the county $5 million to support the housing initiative. But Diamond Ridge is now tied up in litigation, following a lawsuit from residents of Deep Creek Mesa. According to Robson, Dola was unable to extend the grant, given development on the project is halted. It really has been, you know, a pretty full stop on that project since uh, litigation began. And uh, and knowing there's, uh, you know, again, years worth of funding backup uh, around the state of Colorado, uh, Dola just really felt like... Um, now was the, the time to extend those dollars elsewhere rather than extend our grant. While planning and conversation surrounding development at Diamond Ridge has paused, Robson says Telluride will continue its work on other affordable housing projects in town, and the county will continue updating its East End Master Plan. A portion of the litigation with Diamond Ridge argues a rezone of the land didn't fall within the county's development plan for the region. I think we just need to give give it time, um, and I I know our elected officials are are, you know, certainly um, aligned in that we really want to have transparent, open, uh, collaborative community conversations around Diamond Ridge uh, in the future here, um, but it's certainly far too soon to uh, look at applying for grants immediately on this. We really do want to. Uh, let that master planning process at the county level uh, move to fruition um, and then, um, you know, start start those public conversations again at that time. And Robson notes the final say on how Diamond Ridge is or isn't developed will be up to Telluride Town Council and the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners. This week on Eyes to Ears, Telluride High School's Bella Eatman looks at mountains through a different material. Have a listen. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Eyes to Ears, a radio show where I, Bella Eatman, describe art pieces to you. These art pieces are exclusively found in one of our town of Telluride's art galleries. Tonight's piece is found in one such gallery I oftentimes visit, known as Slate Gray. This piece is called Sunrise Over the Canyon by Joseph Tony. We look upon three mountains, standing against a golden mango background, with circles of teal and turquoise overlapping each other behind the mountains. 
Each rocky spire is bordered with a thick line of peach or mangoish colors as either solid or gradated colors. One of these rocky hills is distorted by a turquoise circle as it is brought to the left slightly while the rest of it lies to the right. The texture of the mountains, each bump and irregularity that makes these peaks less like triangles and more like the piles of sand they are, is illustrated in long, self-assured brushstrokes. Navy blue outlines make each bump and dip in the mountain look like wrinkles in fabric or like the pleats of a skirt. When I observed this painting, I appreciated the way the mountains had that aforementioned pleated skirt look. It reminded me of the many doodles I'd make in math class that was just relaxed, abstract sketches. Only this was made by a professional who knew exactly what to do with their colors. So thank you, Joseph Tony, for making this magnificent piece. I hope that my script did your work justice. And this marks the end of this episode of Eyes to Ears. My name is Bella Eatman, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. The Telluride Ski Resort is planning to burn timber piles on the mountain this Sunday, November 19th. According to Telski, logs and woody debris have been stockpiled from forest health projects throughout the course of the summer. All burning will be on U.S. Forest Service land under a Forest Service smoke permit. The burns will take place near the top of Lift 5 and the bottom of Lift 9. The ski resort is currently closed to all public access and will remain closed until opening day, anticipated for December 2nd or 8th. Ping pong, table tennis, whiff waff, nothing says off-season like friendly competition of the Olympic sport. The Wilkinson Public Library will be hosting ping pong next week for those sticking in town through the holidays. Drop-in ping pong will take place Monday, November 20th through Wednesday, the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. All ages and skill levels are welcome. State lawmakers convened today for a special legislative session to come up with a solution to spiking property taxes. KOTO's Lucas Brady-Woods reports the Democratic majority's proposal is made up of at least five bills. Democrats' plan is centered around a bill that would provide some of the same relief for next year that was proposed in voter-rejected Proposition HH. Unlike the ballot measure, though, it would not include commercial properties. It also wouldn't use Tabor refund money to cover losses in tax revenue, something Republicans oppose. Still, Senate President Steve Fenberg says there's limited room for bipartisan collaboration on the issue. They have their proposal um, that I don't think any of our caucus will, will come on board with. But we have been in contact and communication about potentially ways to meet in the middle as much as possible. 
The other bills in the Democrats' plan would make Tabor refunds equal for all taxpayers and use Tabor money to boost the state's income tax credit program. They would also expand emergency support for renters and government food assistance. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Biodynamic farming is becoming increasingly popular in the Rocky Mountain West. In fact, Westminster, Colorado, recently hosted the National Biodynamic Conference, an event that was dubbed as the largest gathering of its kind in the country. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KGNU's Bonita Lee brings us this report on a farm in Boulder County that follows this particular type of holistic farming practices. Biodynamic agriculture has been around for a hundred years. It's said to have sparked movements like organic agriculture and regenerative agriculture. Biodynamic farming doesn't use pesticides or artificial chemical fertilizers. Husband and wife team Tim and Carrie Francis use biodynamic principles when working their land at Dharma's Garden, their five-acre farm in North Boulder. Our duck pond here on the left. This is kind of the heart of the farm. And um, they're mostly uh, good egg-laying breeds. And they also wander around and eat bugs, help us with some pest management, and they fertilize the pond water, which is part of the irrigation system. One of the key ideas of biodynamic agriculture is setting aside at least 10% of a farm for biodiversity to thrive. There's a lot of wildlife that comes through here. There was a herd of deer here just this morning. A fox the other day. Fox. A mama bear and her cubs. We saw a moose one time. Yes, there's a family of bobcats. (laughs) We've seen two types of weasels here and And mink. mink. Um, Lots of bird life. So that's important part of um, tending to this land for us is to allow for the wildness here as much as the cultivated areas. According to Sheila Foster, executive director of the Biodynamic Demeter Alliance, biodynamic principles about agriculture were formed after World War I. It started when farmers in Europe were very concerned because a lot of the agriculture industry started taking chemicals that had been created as weapons in World War I, and they started using those as fertilizer on the fields. So the the farmers got together and they went to this man, Rudolf Steiner, and they said, what do you think? Are you worried? And he said, yes, it's very concerning because if the food that's feeding the population doesn't have this sort of life force in it, then you're going to see humanity start to suffer the consequences of that. Steiner, who lived from 1861 to 1925, was trained in the sciences of his time, but sought to blend his knowledge with spirituality. If his name rings a bell, it's because Steiner started the Waldorf system of education based on a philosophy he called anthroposophy. Anthroposophy is the belief that the human mind can communicate with spiritual beings in the natural world. Steiner applied this idea to almost all aspects of life. If it sounds a bit out there, it also gets more intriguing. Biodynamics views a farm as a full organism. Another part of biodynamics is the use of special blends of ingredients that kind of sound like potions. The Francis's explain. So one of the main things we do is um, seasonal biodynamic preparations. We'll get some cow manure and... Uh, some cow horns, we uh, fill the horn with this fresh cow manure. 
And at the time, it's kind of smelly and gross <laughs> as fresh cow manure should be. Right. <laughs> um, and we bury it on the fall equinox because that's the time of the year when all the kind of energies are drawing down into the earth. You're placing this sacred manure and this sacred cow horn in the earth to sort of be immersed. And then it stays there over the winter season, which uh, you know, Rudolf Steiner, the founder of biodynamic agriculture, talks about the winter time being when the earth is actually most alive, most awake. Most and itself. Yeah. Most itself. And then in the summertime is sort of the dreaming when it's... Um, it's most united cosmic, with the cosmos. The cosmic forces. Yeah. And then come springtime, we'll dig it up again. And by that time, it's now really good compost. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll stir it in some water. And then we go out and we spread it on the land. And it's these like little... Concentrated Little concentrated drops. drops. Yeah. Of like compost goodness and microbial, healthy microbial life. But it's also, you know, like the intention of the community, right? Because oftentimes we're stirring with other people. We bring children into that and families. And then we're spreading that all over the land. It's actually really beautiful. So you're really connecting with the land and offering this kind of blessing. Carrie and Tim say they do notice a correlation between biodynamic practices and the life of their farm. I feel like there's a vibrancy here and, I don't know, a sweetness to the land and a vitality that feels enhanced by these biodynamic practices and by kind of seeing this land as a living being. And we often have people comment on the produce itself that comes from the garden. People often say that, oh my God, this is the best celery I've ever tasted. What do you do? (laughs) And I can't say that we really do anything differently from other um, kind of commercial farms, except the kind of attitude with which we tend the land mm-hmm. and the love that's there. For KGNU, I'm Benita Lee. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 30 degrees. Saturday, there's a 70% chance of snow and rain showers. The high is in the mid-40s with a low around 30. Sunday, expect snow showers during the day and at night. The high is near 35 degrees with a low near 20. This has been the news for Friday, November 17th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. How well everybody's heard about the bird. Bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird. Calling all turkeys. The bird is the word this weekend at the Telluride Elks Lodge. You heard it here. Turkey bingo this weekend. We know you've been waiting for it all year long. We are going to have a great time this weekend. I am going to get one thing off my chest right away. No large bags, no backpacks Saturday night at the Elks Lodge. Leave them home. We don't have any place to put them, and you won't be allowed to bring them in, so just leave them there. But let's get down to the details, shall we? Saturday is... Kids Bingo from 3 to 4.30 p.m. We'll open the doors at 2.30 so you can all come in, get set up, grab your hot dogs and your snacks, and get ready to play. 
Adult Bingo, Saturday night, 21 and over only. We will be checking IDs. We will be wristbanding. So only 21 and over, Saturday night. First game starts at 6.30. We'll open the doors at 5.30. Second game will start at 9. Sunday, we have the Kinder Gentler Bingo Brunch for everybody else. Um, brunch will start at 11 a.m., and it will be $15 per person or $5 for kids 10 and under. Bingo will start at noon, and we'll play till the turkeys and hams are gone. We are so excited to see you this weekend. Game cards are $25 for a pack of 15 games, and we are going to have a great time. So let's get all gobbledied up and play some bingo. It's Friday, November 17th, 2023. I have for you, uh, for your consideration this weekend, um, a conceptual settlement, to use the term broadly, for the Diamond Ridge uh, dispute. Uh, I believe that the issues raised in this dispute can also be used to drive a solid, meaningful conversation. Currently, uh, the two options on the table are either to uh, bully the victims, in this case, or to walk away substantially from the community. What we need countywide is a community housing zoning that is responsive to all the neighborhoods, produces, allows uh, the county organically to produce quality housing. The best way to do that is just to put a viewshed requirement at the discretion, the oversight of the HOA for the particular project. If you can't see the project, it's not an issue. You need to throw wildlife Protections in there, so on Diamond Ridge, some of that is prime habitat. Also in the viewshed of the neighbors, uh, the neighboring owners, and the covenant holders. The infrastructure question, we can't be asking people to do full studies, but you know, we do have very good staff here locally in a variety of fields who could go up and take a look at something and see if it can be served with existing services or not. Very simple. But yet, all we have is dispute and a further delay in the construction of affordable housing. Uh, there are lots of issues in here, and we'll see if we get to them in court once again. Thank you for your time. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.